the take one, kachonk. Ding a ling a ling a ling ling. Bing bong. <laughs> ah, hey, my phone's going off. <clears throat> Bing bong. Hello. Hello. Is this Christian? This is. Ah, I have never met you in person, but I, I feel as though we travel in certain circles. Hmm. I think we know some of the same people. Yeah. I'll come right to the point. I have a podcast that requires someone with very special skills. Are you a person that has seen inside man, or have I been misinformed? Go on. Can I pick you up in front of your office building in five minutes? Oh, no, no, because there's, there's a pandemic, so, um... Oh, sh- shit. I will... Yeah. I'll, uh, send me a Zoom link and we'll meet up there. <laughs> All right. Just no funny backgrounds. All right, here we go. Three, two, two one. one. Urkel. Hey, <laughs> welcome to Contextual Deviance. My name is Christian Haken. Uh, each episode, we watch a movie and then we talk about it through a series of randomly generated critical contexts given to us at random via our contextual computer. And I am so excited to be back with my favorite people on Earth and my co-hosts, Matthew Bond. Hello. And David Gutchy. Hey, welcome. Hey. hey. I'm not I'm not gonna waddle this time, but that's just a nice hey for you. <laughs> I hey man, like I, I was I, I I was prairie dogging in the store the other day and I was really waddling then. <laughs> oh terrible. my god. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it at all. No. I we, we, we've been away for, what, like two months, and this is how we're coming back? This yeah. is it? This is the energy I'm bringing to it? Is this the show? God, okay. Like crazy. <laughs> Buckle yeah, up. I don't know how. We're back. We're, we're doing the podcast again. It's been it's been a while. We've been away for various uh, reasons. Um, yeah, my brain is mush. It's great. Yeah, everything is, everything's mush. Mm-hmm. Um, I've turned into mush. Uh, Bond's turned into mush. Yeah. It's yeah, a lot of mush. It's a lot of mush. Uh, how's the mush situation with you, David? Well, the mush is pretty solid. Uh, my roommate has hooked me it's up to mush. a sled and yells mush at me every day to make sure uh, that I go fast. He <laughs> ma- he's good at keeping me accountable in that way because in these dark times, it is hard to remember to go fast. So he uh, gotta go fast. he helps mm-hmm. me. He helps me remember. Thankfully, one of one the thing last... that I've learned from Dominic Toretto is that it's, you gotta go fast. You gotta. I mean, the nice Definitely thing not is Sonic, but Dominic not Sonic, but Dominic, Dominic Toretto. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank goodness that the one of the last movies that America got before every movie was canceled forever was Sonic <laughs> and Bloodshot. <laughs> thank goodness. Man, yeah. yeah, I saw that in theaters by myself wearing a Sonic the Hedgehog t-shirt. <laughs> yes. I'm glad no, you and did. As soon as, as soon as the credits started, I knew there was going to be a post credit scene. I immediately bolted for the door because I was like, oh no, I'm about to be the guy who was single and like just completely alone at a Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> screening wearing a Sonic t-shirt. It's not worth it. There too? It's not it worth it. I'll look it up online. It's not worth famous. it. I think it was at Showplace, actually. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I, I literally, I bolted for the door, pulled my coat in close, even though it was pretty warm out. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, Amazing. Oh, what a scene. But we are not doing Sonic the Hedgehog no. this time. Or we're no. back. Not this time. Or we're back, a dinosaur's tale. Um, 
you forgot the subtitle, David. It's okay. Mm, I don't, I don't mean to correct you in front of other people because I don't want to like emasculate you or whatever. But <laughs> uh, you forgot the subtitle, David. Um, <laughs> uh, but this time we're doing uh, the 2006, I believe, uh, Spike Lee action bank heist thriller. Yeah. Inside man. Yeah. Inside man. <laughs> really getting ahead of the curve on the superhero craze <laughs> with Inside Man. He was in inside there, man. and that's all he does. He's inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so hang on. I'm thinking about this now. Ready. The only instance of an inside, the only way that the title of this movie makes sense is when you're thinking about the guy staying inside of the bank. Yeah. yeah. No, I thought about that too. The, I was like, they don't have like. It's why not like is they it have somebody inside. in their crew? Yeah. Like, which is what an inside man That's is. Exactly what one is, and there wasn't one. Yeah, there wasn't. <laughs> no, one there just those. wasn't no. one. Unacceptable. Uh, Truly unacceptable. But unless it was the secret Nazi was the inside man. Yeah, but he wasn't. Maybe the ins- he wasn't inside. Unless you mean was uh, Jodie Foster the inside man? Oh, no, but she got inside a man. Maybe this is a context we should add to the who was the inside man. Who is was the Will inside Defoe man? cast solely so people would think the whole time, is he the titular inside man? <laughs> Maybe. Because <laughs> he's Willem Dafoe. Is it that, yeah, well, okay, Willem Dafoe is definitely there as a red herring for the entire movie. Yeah. It had That's the only reason you cast Willem Dafoe in that part. Yeah, what the hell? Is, um, yeah, so but, was he like the Chekhov's inside man that was never fired? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was going to be that, like, maybe the crew had somebody in the cops. Precisely. Yeah, who was the inside man. Instead, they yeah. just bugged the place, Instead so it wasn't even an inside man then. No man was involved in that. <laughs> maybe maybe the title of the movie is a response to the question, where is darkness? Inside man. Uh, you know, honestly, <laughs> I wish that if there was a comma, I wish this movie was called Inside, comma, Man. <laughs> inside, man. That's what they are. That's what they Fucking all are. Inside, man. <laughs> hey, where are the, the bank, bank robbers? Man. Inside, man. <laughs> Maybe that's what it Go was, and they there. forgot the comma in one of the copies, yeah. and it all went to the graphic designers, and they couldn't stop it, and they pushed it really, really fast, and they're like, well... It's it's there. You know what? It's fine. It'll be a nice red herring. Maybe we'll cast Willem Dafoe in it now that we've made the logo and we can't take it back. <laughs> we did the graphic stuff first, and then we cast. The I was, yeah, I was and they couldn't sad. change it, especially because the graphics of this movie, the like posters and everything, are just like pictures from the movie. Yeah, with like the word inside. It's there. just a big red font. There's not even an effect on the font. It's just bold red font inside man. But they couldn't change it. They it went to copy. That's nope. it. No. Nope. Yeah. It's a. Uh, it's the magic of Hollywood. <laughs> also, I love that the Netflix thumbnail for it, currently at least, when we watched it, was uh, Chuetel uh, Ejiofor, or Chuetel Ejiofor, I've never been certain. Uh, even though he's not even close to the main character of the movie, but it's him yeah. with the words Inside Man over it. Oh, he's just weird. the only one consistently working from the cast right now. It's really strange. Yeah, I mean, it, that must be because he's a lot more popular than anybody else in this movie right now. I mean, you'd think Denzel would be the draw, but he but right? Denzel doesn't get the clicks now, yeah, doesn't he? Uh, maybe know. he does. I don't know. I don't know Plus anything about Denzel. I don't either. Was Equalizer two the last thing he did? Uh, might have been. Which, oof. Anyway, <laughs> uh, folks, we are talking about the 2006 Spike Lee film Inside Man, and we have already talked about it way more than I was expecting us to before we get into the That's context. True. But uh, so we will be uh, going through some critical context given to us at random. Should we start? Yes. Or do we want to do we want to figure out this mystery of the? Uh, <laughs> Real quick, uh, Equalizer 2 was his last role, but upcoming, he is going to be in the Joel Cohen, not Joel and Ethan Cohen, but just Joel Cohen by himself, oh, no. Macbeth, as Lord Macbeth with Francis McDermott as Lady Macbeth. Oh, wait, I remember that casting coming out. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. Oh, that could be, yeah, that's that's going to be worth watching. Yeah, I can get into that. Cohen Brothers is making a movie by himself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> Sign me up. Woo. Sign me up. Oh, yeah, I guess uh, we should talk a little bit about the movie, which is to say that it uh, stars Denzel Washington, Clive Owen, Christopher Plummer, Jodie Foster, Chiwetel Ejiofor, uh, Willem Dafoe, uh, a whole bunch of uh, that guys. There's so many that guys. Did you say Christopher Plummer movie. already? Did you say him? I did say yeah. Christopher Okay, no, he's so important to me. 
He, you know what? And and rightfully so. And also some guy who's supposed to be the mayor who I thought on the first viewing and for the first half of this viewing was just some British guy. Yeah. Because he straight sounds British the whole time. It's so weird. But he's the mayor of New York. There are multiple anyway. people in this movie that are definitely British that they were like, we got to get you in this movie and you have to sound American. Okay. Uh, the film's about a bank heist and a couple hostage negotiators and a whole mystery about Nazi war crimes, and it's a whole great thing. Uh, but let's get into it through a series of critical contexts. Are you guys ready? Ready. All right. Time to start a religion. Conceive a religion based on Spike Lee's inside. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Honestly, maybe this will go great. But this feels like the hardest one that could have come up right now. Yep. Wow. Oh, boy. I'm excited. Well, all right. Let's think about it like this. Yes. A lot of religious traditions are built around trauma. Uh, Sure. You know, there's like Passover, uh, Hanukkah. There's, for some reason, I'm only thinking of Jewish holidays. Uh, (laughs) Well, uh, I think there's a reason. (laughs) Well, yeah, okay, <laughs> that's fair. Um, uh, but so, like, maybe, maybe this religion is like based around some kind of recovery from this trauma, not the trauma itself. Oh my god! No, no, no. Okay, maybe this is where you're going with it. Maybe not. But I'm picturing like a monastic order that puts themselves in jumpsuits, masks goggles Mm -hmm. etc and locks themselves in rooms and pretends they're being taken hostage or maybe the priests are the ones that do take them hostage it's like uh Mm. penance penance for how bad they are Uh, sure and and it yeah they have to survive it and they'll bond as they come through it and eventually they're released into a bunch of tear gas and cops and that is their ultimate religious uh Maybe they even and they like, all get, get shot killed. by beanbags or rubber bullets and stuff at the end. Yeah. yeah. So then they're like, "Oh, they're the bad guys." <laughs> it's <laughs> right. Like a right. Of, it's a form of flagellation. <laughs> there, there are religions that do that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. But maybe not um, even that ending part. But just the like, our our way of flagellation or just like self punishment or observance in a way is to dress up like hostages and get taken hostage. That's how we center ourselves that's how we remain mindful of our bodies or whatever the argument is that's a very interesting this is the only way i can (laughs) um yeah i mean yeah yeah that that, that's a fascinating way of doing it i would not go to that church but yeah no No, it'd be like a communal 24 7 well, maybe not twenty four seven, but a communal um, nativity play kind of situation. Yeah, well, <laughs> just yeah. way more hard. You may have already you may have already said it, but the people that sit in those like ridiculously hot saunas. Yes. Uh, mm, yeah, exactly. It's and put themselves like, at risk in that way. It's kind of like the Stanford Prison Experiment, yeah. but oh. for religion. <laughs> Jeez, it's true. Oh no. <laughs> um, oh man, this sucks. Uh, so obviously, diamonds diamonds are quite precious. In mm. this religion. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. What about this? Mm. A religion, probably a small religion, cult-ish, much like the last example. Uh, can't see that one being super widely appealing. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> punishing themselves by locking themselves in banks. Not going to get all the suburban white people to jump on board. But And this one won't either. But... Here's an idea. I think it's a little bit like the religion that we came up with in The Dark Knight, where it's it's about anarchy and like ignoring or destroying possessions. So like they break into banks just to create uh, havoc, but they into, like I think the the fun for them is saying no to the money. Like that's their pious mm-hmm. act. That's what they oh. do. They like break into the vault and they and they touch it, but they just like they just say, No money. I don't need you. I could have you and I don't need you. That's like their religious experience. That's how they get that high. Is they see it Maybe. all and they deny it. I was gonna say we could do a, a combination because it's 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 that religion from that episode and mm-hmm. also the religion from our uh, To All the Boys I Love Before episode about sharing truth through <laughs> envelopes. Oh, shit. <laughs> right. That's right. I forgot about that. So, right. so our inside man, inside faith 
Uh, nope, I can't. I don't have it yet. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Yes, Inside Man, Inside Faith. <clears throat> inside Man, Inside Faith. Hi, I'm Christian. <laughs> inside the Faith, Inside the Man. Inside my man's faith. Um, no, but so you got you got sort of like uh, maybe money isn't the the important currency in this religion. It's it's truth, and especially <laughs> if you can find something like really fucked up <laughs> like like this this is a religion that highly covets revealing people's dark secrets i mean that sounds awesome and i guess that's very useful yeah I mean, it's it's like it anonymous if it was a cult if it was like a religious cult mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah i mean like scientology they make oh, you that's... confess to literally everything that's... even stuff you never did yeah yeah um, this seems to be seeking out other people's secrets. Yeah, this so, would be right, just right. that, but like involuntary. <laughs> yeah, it's basically just like, I would, okay. Do you think how related is gotcha journalism? Should <laughs> should this <laughs> cult be in the business of gotcha journalisming? Well, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's like gotcha. You're a Nazi. Is gotcha journalism? <laughs> I guess that's fair. It's kind of just like, oh, haha, but really, you're a Nazi, though. So ha-ha. you're actually a Nazi. <laughs> but FYI. But also, FYI, this doesn't gotcha. count as gotcha journalism. <laughs> I did gotcha, but I gotcha, I gotcha. being a Nazi, I, and that's pretty man, important. I really did gotcha. <laughs> it's a big gotcha. Um, hey, it's well, me, big s- gotcha. Come on down to my used car lot. <laughs> big gotcha is what's ruined this country. <laughs> Big gotcha gonna give you what you need. <laughs> there it is. We all did one, yep, and that the was one. the one. That was the one. That Big the gotcha's one. gonna give you what you need. Oh, what you need. There it is. Oh man. <laughs> I don't even know who Big Gotcha is. Yeah. Do we end the episode? I mean, he's an, he's an enigma, man. Like, he's ethereal. It's so good. He's a cereal? He's a cereal with a lisp. Mmm, tasty. Big Gotcha has 12 essential vitamins and minerals. <laughs> I thought that... Was, I, never mind. Never mind. Okay. It's the Taste Kid's great. <laughs> Big Gotcha. Big Gotcha gonna give you what you need. I was gonna Big say, Gotcha gonna get you. At a certain point, it would. I, I imagine this religion would lose steam on revealing people's dark secrets and just start doxing people. Oh, yeah. It would yeah. basically start as doxing like let's be honest yeah yeah which is too it would bad. start as good doxing but you know it would get bad mm-hmm. yeah. their national holiday would be like kind of after christmas and it would be called doxing day <laughs> <laughs> everyone's just sweating bullets all day like it's gonna be me <laughs> <laughs> don't worry it will be all of you and that wouldn't be the worst holiday in the world. A holiday where you don't have to worry about being doxxed because literally everyone is doxxed at the same time. But it's by a secret doxta. <laughs> Who doxes the doxman? <laughs> Who doxes the doxman? Indeed. Um, but yeah, it'd be like so. There, yeah, there's like a there's a, a, a holiday figure to who, who spreads the doxing around or doxta clubs. Mm. Doxa Claus. Doxa Claus. That sounds like a dinosaur from like not the next Jurassic Park movie, but like in five the one Jurassic after? Park movies. The one where they finally go to space. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Because yeah, they yeah, will. For sure. They will. It's just when they finally merge with the Fast and the Furious franchise, like everybody knows they're going to, <laughs> and they go yeah. to space with dinosaurs. When is Jurassic Park finally going to do that crossover with the Land Before Time? I need to see um, <gasps> Littlefoot's little parents foot. die again. Oh my god! What do you need to see? <laughs> either, either, <laughs> either the current day dinosaurs are transported back in time and they're like fish out of water, and it's like, <laughs> oh no! They have to learn how to <laughs> that is such a good idea. <laughs> yep, 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 oh, this is a silly yep, yep, yep. dinosaur. He doesn't know how to blend in. <laughs> It's like cars, but for dinosaurs. <laughs> Which so dinosaurs. you think would be the good dinosaur. Or just dinosaurs. Not. <laughs> oh, so disappointing. Wow, that was really... Uh, that is such a good idea. <laughs> well, then, maybe, then I won't even bring up my other one, which is Littlefoot today. <laughs> I mean, that could be fun, like kind of an Oliver and Company situation. Uh, here's my idea. Cool world. It's, <sighs> it's hmm. that the dinosaurs from Jurassic Park get sucked into the movie land before time. <laughs> And it's like an anime. What are we talking universe. about? <laughs> so it's just a lot of layers. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. Could be yeah. fun. 
Where are we? We're doing religion, but okay, I feel okay. like we lost it a while ago. We did a little. Yeah. So this we, one's tricky. Well, it's just, it's, it's, I think there's like the obvious like cult imagery of them all being jumpsuits and it's just kind of like. Mm. And all being kind of like crouched down and, yeah. and sort of like huddled together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we get it. Yeah. Like, you guys get it, right, audience? You get it. I would also say. Like, I mean, let's this face it, a, anytime we start a religion, it's going to end up basically just being some weird cult. Yeah, that's that's what religion is. Yeah. yeah. Most of the time, that's exactly what it is. Here's my question. Every time. I think it relates to the religion aspect of what we're trying to create. Mm-hmm. Are, there, are there heroic characters in this movie? Like, I was trying to think of, like, okay, yeah, we we can come up with some religions based on seeing this movie and having ideas that are separate from the fiction. But we usually come up with at least one or two ideas in this context that are based on the fiction. That are like, this is my new god. Denzel Washington is who I worship. And and here is why. But, like, he's he's not really a cool figure to worship unless you're really into pragmatism <laughs> and rudeness yeah. yeah and just like being I guess, like, rude i don't i don't really i'm more what do you think i'm more keen to be on the side of the nazi exposure that didn't kill anybody than a fucking cop mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. um i almost feel like clive owen's a better person than the end oh yeah absolutely uh, if you're if you're putting them against each other the cop yeah. who's just kind of taking advantage of anybody and the person yeah. who's like breaking in and doing disruptive crimes to expose a Nazi. Yeah. I'm pretty into that second guy. Yeah. I, I think he's the good guy. I think he's the protagonist of the movie. It's either yeah. him or kind of Willem Dafoe. Cause Willem Dafoe's just a guy just doing his job. Just, he just wants to get it done. He's yeah. But he's trying to do his best to save people's lives. He's still a, he's still a by the book corrupt yeah. cop though. Like he he's tells, cop, he yeah. tells the Sikh that like, Oh, you didn't hear that someone called you an error. Oh, you didn't God, hear yeah, that. I forgot about that. Like part. he can't yeah, be I a mean, good I didn't guy. Forget he the did Sikh that. Part. I forgot about that line. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And he yeah, wanted to go in guns blazing so many times. Maybe the Sikh guy is, is the hero of the movie. Cause he doesn't do, he didn't do anything to anybody and he got the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. And he stood up for himself. And he stood up he for himself. He did. You're right. What a good hmm. person. <laughs> what? Yeah. Honestly, that one. is maybe the only character in this movie that I'm like, I'm down with that 100%. Like, like, yeah. Hey, you didn't do anything wrong. wrong. <laughs> uh, maybe the old lady who didn't want to strip. All right, let's do... No, I would have stripped. I disagreed with her. Yeah, I think she did the wrong thing. <laughs> I would take it all I think it was immoral. She stood up for herself. Ugh. Uh, by... <laughs> Well, on that, uh, <laughs> let's do another context. Okay, this is a this is a new one. We've never done this before, but I, I don't oh remember God. who suggested it. Retro, record scratch moments. Oh. <gasps> like, yeah. what are the best record scratch moments in yes. this movie? Or what are some record scratch moments in this movie? Okay. The first one when that he- I can think of is... For some reason, okay, no, there are two that I can think of, uh, <laughs> and they both involve Denzel, i.e., uh, uh, Keith Frazier is his character. I think I can guess one of them. I think I can guess one of them. Keith Frazier, uh, the first time he says "Willie and the Twins," um, <laughs> that uh, that is a record scratch moment, but not a. I bet you're wondering how I got into this pickle, but instead. I bet you're wondering why the fuck I call my penis Willie and my balls the twins. And and then the rest of the movie, or at least the next like 10 minutes, is him justifying his absolutely buck wild shit. Because what is he doing? That what? is insanely wild. Oh. The fact that they kind of treat it as like a big twist reveal at the end, like, because I didn't get what he meant. Yeah, like Big Willie and the Twins, <laughs> and then he like he kind of like mumbled it, and I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah, yeah I didn't. Anyway. Get, yeah, that's the inside. And then once man. I realized it, I was like, "You got holy shit!" Kidding, Big Willie. The Willie's penis the is man. the inside man. <laughs> the inside man is Big Willie. Goes inside. We assume we don't see. For we for me, assume. for me, uh, a record scratch moment would be when he said he got a hand job for five dollars, <laughs> and then Willem Dafoe would scratch the record and be like. Five dollars. Yeah, he actually asked he that. He stops that. That stopped everything. Yeah. Little voice, like, wait, I've been getting screwed. How did you only pay five dollars? <laughs> <laughs> there's so many moments with like that where there's just like, 
What the fuck are you guys doing? Seriously. It's like a hostage situation. Have some fun banter. We'll just keep the cameras rolling. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, so much of the... Just a little locker room talk. Come so on. So much of the banter is just so creepy, too. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Oof. Um, I... Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just saying a big oof. Oof. I really want to see a record scratch moment that probably I'm probably the only person on earth who wants to see this. Mm. But I want the cop when they're delivering pizzas who says, if they give a tip, I'm keeping it. Yes. <laughs> and I want the record to scratch. And I want it to say, you might be wondering how I got into this situation. And it's a cop who's been working for like a week. <laughs> and he's just like trying so hard to keep it cool. Screw this. <laughs> the dumbest line it's oh, such a it's, it's, so it's not Christian and I both in our tracks because we're just like that is a dumb line it's a dumb line but also <laughs> like they cut directly to this dude's face <laughs> and he says the line and then they cut away to something else it was so clearly it, edited in yeah like a pickup shot like it's they're like this so will make it better can a record scratch scene. moment be like a like I, I know a record scratch moment conventionally is some some kind of weird out of context action and then wait a minute yeah. how did this happen or something like a fourth wall but break like what about the time when he's talking to that guy that's throwing around racial slurs and oh, uh, that yeah. cop and then yeah. like the cop at the end is like he says you never know who's listening and <laughs> Denzel just gives him the iciest possible like are you kidding me like are you kidding yeah. me? I am. Mm-hmm. Me, a black person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's yeah. me. Like, do you know why like, I'm listening? And like, I want the record scratch in that moment to be like, and here's why I was convicted for murder. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I want that to happen. Like, all right, get like, it, get ready, everyone, because you're about to see a man destroyed on national like, television. Huh? No one found his body. Or just do it like, do it like the big short. Whenever someone's racist, it's like record scratch. And here's why that's racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a fun idea. And it's like those old White House videos with the with the whiteboard and the uh, dry erase marker. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Just I'm into that. Showing, walking through everybody. Yes. <laughs> yes, please. Just because it's like, you know the problem isn't that you're heard, it's that you're saying it. <laughs> right? It's in your heart, you are. You're racist. That's asshole. what you think. And, and, you know, we'll say and believe. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah yes, yeah. that is a good example right, of that be- for sure. Another one that I want, and this one is uh, very early in the movie, hyper early, one might say. It's in kind of the opening establishing shot montage stuff with the bank. There is a, there's a the little guy, a little guy, there's like a fat white guy, and he gives nucks, he pounds it with someone, and I couldn't really tell who it was, but it was someone that was not white. And he's like pounds it and then he says this guy's crazy (laughs) oh yeah that's right I remember that (laughs) and I I want a record scratch for us like for for like record scratch and then a narrator comes on screen and says I bet you're wondering why the hell that guy is saying that (laughs) (laughs) like that took me so off guard and felt so strange I was like God damn it. You could there wasn't anything else better in that probable like you probably did like 20 or 30 takes of just various things happening. And that one? <laughs> that was the good one? Cool. Okay. And see, this is this is why like I wish it was possible. I think this is something you can do in some video games, but it's mm. just not fleshed out enough, which is just a choose your own adventure style story where it gets to that kind of interaction and you can just pause and go, I want to follow that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I want to know what his story what about is. this guy? Why is that guy crazy? And why does this guy feel the need to pound it and then say, this guy's crazy? <laughs> yeah, Christopher Plummer in particular in this movie is getting a fucking haircut when, <laughs> when he's in this really, really tense situation. Uh, oh, by the way, can I just point out a record scratch moment yes. that almost was basically in the movie, <laughs> which was when Jodie Foster is walking into Christopher Plummer's office, mm-hmm. and or no, it wasn't just uh, Jodie Foster; it was like uh, his assistant or whatever. And the first shot we get of Christopher Plummer is him staring out a window with a cane, yes, like behind his back, staring 
perfectly <laughs> straight, not moving at all, until the person gets to him and says, uh, there's a thing at the bank. And he, like, puts the cane down and starts walking, and it's like, oh, okay, I'm in the scene now. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It was, it was the weirdest pose. <laughs> but it just feels like the record would be like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> yeah. I bet you're wondering, you're wondering who, who the fuck is, is this guy. <laughs> All right, what's what's what would be the weirdest record scratch moment for a character in this movie? Like, just pick a character mm-hmm. and think about their whole element in the plot. And if you were going to do an in media res opening that then cut back, what would be the weirdest and most uh, incongruous spot to do it? Because okay. I'm thinking of like like the American Beauty problem of like how it opens on them talking about killing her dad yeah but that ends up not even being a thing in the movie at all so you mean take a moment from this movie and make it the beginning of the movie and media res record scratch moment yes awesome okay just just like just like something like that moment where denzel washington flips him off with the with the the diamond (laughs) ring Yes, yeah, like exactly. that as the as the in media exactly. resolution. Oh, might be okay. How I got here? Okay, you know what? Like this is that one's funny. actually kind of cool. Yeah. This isn't funny, but it actually is good. I think, <laughs> um, in a way that adds to our theory that Inside Man and Willem Dafoe, uh, separate issue, are red herrings, and they're like leading the viewer astray. <laughs> I think the the record scratch moment is one of the last scenes in the movie, and it is Denzel finding a diamond in his coat, and going, <laughs> oh, and looking at it and going, oh shit, or whatever he says, uh, and then record scratch. I bet you're wondering why I have this diamond, <laughs> and then it goes yeah. back, and it's not because he was the inside man, but the whole movie I would be thinking, oh, so he's gonna like he's been working with them or something, like oh boy, oh boy. And then it would be a fun, fun twist, and no, no, no. I was going to say, like, I think that same scene where he walks in the room and he's about to be with his with his uh, soon-to-be wife, presumably. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're about to have sex, and right before they have sex, yeah. record scratch. It's like, I bet you're wondering how I got this horny. <laughs> <laughs> and then the how movie plays. Just fully <laughs> cock-blocking him at the start of the film. <laughs> The scene plays out when it ends. Of course, of course. I also think that it could be fun if maybe there was a record scratch moment during the conversation that all of those friends have inside that van about what the Grand Central Station and the Grand Central Tunnel and (laughs) all of that is. Because that's a raucous scene, and it does feel like a record (laughs) scratch could happen during Bet you're wondering if this is gonna matter. Uh, I think the the one that would really make me the most uncomfortable would be uh, Chewbacca Legend Four staring at that woman's boobs. Just that. I bet you're Just wondering that. why I'm staring you're at this woman's boobs. If he's actually a good cop. <laughs> but you're wondering if I'm sexually harassing this woman. <laughs> the answer is yes. Now let's uh, continue with this movie. But, like, just the idea of that opening this movie and then having, like, this whole drama that has nothing to do with that. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Putting something uh, out of context is always good. Always. But, speaking of contexts, we don't want to get out of them. We want to get into some more. You want to do another one? Yeah. Please. Unreliable narrator. (gasps) So... As a reminder to listeners, the difference between an unreliable narrator and someone who's imagining the whole thing is somebody who's telling the story after the fact and fudging the details for some reason that is specific to them. So we have to figure out who is telling this story, what they're lying about, and what's the truth. I have one. Okay. Keith Frazier. I mean, I have... Okay. Keith Frazier. Keith Frazier is telling the story. It's because he was the inside man, and he was yes. working with them. But he's he telling the story his to his wife and to his chief, etc., because he did steal those diamonds, and he's just making up a good, a very, very plausible reality in which he gets to be a big hero and expose a Nazi and shit, while also <laughs> getting to steal some diamonds. Yeah, and getting a diamond for his uh, wife's or for his future wife's ring. Yeah, for for to get married. 
Yeah. It would explain why his interactions with that woman are all so perfunctory and involve like a lot of weird shots of her legs. Yeah. The the dangling the hat shot with the legs, I could do with about 30 seconds less of that one. <laughs> yeah. Which I think it was like a 20 um. second shot. <laughs> um, I mean, I think the, the obvious one would probably be Clive Owen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and presumably like the part where he gets away at the end yeah wait hold on is he in jail at the beginning of the movie it kind of looks like he's in a cell and not the bad yeah wait a minute but is he an unreliable narrator no because when they showed it the second time you could tell that there were a couple items behind him on the floor or like on this little like table or shelf thing that were also in that room but it's like it did very i think it was clearly their way even says prison cell like it's I know. It's a trick. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Come on. <laughs> hey, um, I'm sorry. Clive Owen, and I'm in jail because I committed a crime. Just kidding. <laughs> I got you, you dumb dumb. Well, he is an unreliable narrator because he says he doesn't repeat himself, and then he says the exact same thing again in the movie. <laughs> you can't so. repeat the line, I don't repeat myself. And yeah, be, and be honest. And call yourself a reliable narrator. <laughs> yeah, no way. <laughs> yeah, he is an unre- he's a literally unreliable. Yeah, he's sense. so That's unreliable. True. I can't yeah. trust that guy. Uh, I think my favorite. I'm gonna go back to my favorite character in the movie, which mm-hmm. is the pizza cop who is uh, who makes that quip pizza about cop. getting the tip. Because I like to think that he's telling the story of this fucking great zinger <laughs> at work. So about the to go win. It's a setup <laughs> like, so that he can say, like, Oh man, I just totally nailed it. I'd like right on the spot, off the dome, baby. So funny. Well, I like to Everyone's think that it's nerves like are jacked. someone's asking him what happened at the bank, you know, in that whole story. And so he's like starting to tell it and he's realizing as he goes along that he didn't actually do that much. No, he didn't do anything. And so he's like so he has to really emphasize the part where he tells that great tipping joke. <laughs> Ooh, good. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems, you know what? That one seems the most likely of any of them. <laughs> so I think I'm sold on that one. Yeah. Oh, wow. Fun. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Who else could be an unreliable man? Not, I would have said Jodie yeah. Foster, except for the very ending. Yeah, I was kinda, thinking about her, too, but she kind of gets out pretty well. She looks pretty yeah. good pretty much the whole time. And by looks pretty good, I mean her character wins a lot of the interactions that she has. Right. And not that I enjoy watching her ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even... I like Jodie Foster. She's, she's fine. But, like, what was with her character in this movie? I don't care. Yeah, this is... This is a bit weird. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, this is the first no. time I think she like really went for a, I don't know. I've never seen her give like, I, I wouldn't even call this a bubbly performance, but like it is a lot more, she put more, yeah, more bubble gum to it, I guess. Right. <laughs> right. It makes and me think I of a specific think character that I can't name, but there's like yeah. a specific tone that she was Voldemort? doing that I'm like, is she doing, it could be bold. No, it's not. <laughs> 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 Just sort of like there's a certain sardonic uh, edge to it yeah. where but there's Sarconic like she's playfulness kind of not really playful but like she's the good guy but it's like kind of silly yeah no not silly but like yeah. i don't know i don't know yeah but it's, i think her character probably isn't a, a great candidate for unreliable narrator because well maybe actually you know what hold on i take that well because i was thinking here's here's where i was originally yeah thinking. what do you got she simultaneously shows that she's extremely good at her job and in high demand and worth a lot of money <laughs> and shows that she tells off a Nazi yeah, <laughs> and helps the police wow. and uh, and like all this stuff and the uh, only way she could fail her client is by like a once in a lifetime bank heist yeah <laughs> yes and so she gets to she gets to look competent and not a Nazi in the same story mm, yeah so true Mm-hmm. So true. What if? Uh, so okay, true. I want to follow up on that one because that's good. Uh, I think that is actually a great option because I didn't realize, but of course she's a good option for unreliable narrator. She <laughs> looks way too good in every one of her scenes. Like everybody's like, "Oh well, I guess you are powerful and you do win." Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so 
And then she, men are just randomly sexist to her yeah. uh, a lot. It's which so cool. totally, which is not That's probably the reliable part of the it's narration. Probably the most reliable. Yeah, yeah no, that part I totally believe. But I wonder if this is like her filling out a resume. I don't know how you fill out a resume for. I'm a fixer that like walks mm. into banks and protects your Nazi interests, but you probably have to have a resume of some kind. And I think this is her story of like, let me tell you, are you worried about me managing your private information? Let me tell you about the time that I walked into that bank on 20th and Johnson or wherever the hell that was. <laughs> and the, and that's the story of inside man is just how amazing she is at dealing with everyone. Yeah, except the problem is she fails and her client gets found out. I guess that's true. But in a miraculous way. Yeah. In, in a once-in-a-lifetime way. <laughs> yeah. Once-in-a-lifetime. Once-in-a-lifetime. Water underground. <laughs> but it's, um, yeah. Is there anybody else who would be a good candidate for the unreliable narrator? Yes, Arthur Case. Because but, but I think he's an Clark. active clan member. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's just trying to say it's like that was in the past. Yes, exactly. Like that anymore, but it turns out he secretly is still a Nazi. Yep, he's like coming out as like, oh, I'm I'm gonna tell it all. Yes, you're right. You found my deep secret. Oh no! And in like case three ninety three, there was like his clan robes and everything, but he was like, oh, you found all of my incriminating things. Oh no! This just is like the whole of truth. Polaroids of people he's murdered. Exactly. He's like, just an oh no, awful my great shame monster. that I was once a Nazi. All <laughs> yeah, right. I think he's the unreliable narrator because he's way worse than this movie makes him out to be. <laughs> when I love how his defense was like, like I wasn't ever a Nazi. I just let them pay for me for jobs, which included getting people I knew killed. Yeah, but they paid really good. So please feel bad for my like. I don't right. Know. Yeah. But I technically never had a card on it that said I'm a Nazi. So we're good. Yeah. yeah. Just like destroying those documents would have been so easy. Yeah. What are you doing, yeah. man? <laughs> Just, I don't get it. Like, from a strategic perspective, what are you doing? Right, and, like, if you are sincerely, like, so racked with guilt or whatever, or, like, you really want penance, or you'd fucking mm. burn that shit. Yeah, yeah. Get rid of it. Also, you wouldn't keep it around. Also, don't, like, have a visible uh, safety deposit box with no record. Just fake a record. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Why not? Come on. <laughs> Why wouldn't you have a record? Whatever. Ugh, yeah. that's one of many questions that uh, that this movie brings to mind. But that is neither no. here nor there. But we're not we're not nitpicking. No, at least not yet. No, well, maybe we'll see what this next context Woo! is. You guys want to do another one? Yeah. yeah. What mm. would be the saddest ending possible for this movie? <laughs> oh no! All right, <laughs> let's All right. go. Buckle up for the saddest ending. Okay, yeah. so so past listeners of the show are uh, who are, are hearing us do this context are probably on the edge of their seat wondering the answer to the biggest question of all: which of the old people was trying to get their driver's license renewed <laughs> <laughs> in this version of the saddest movie? Ending. Oh my god! Yes. <sighs> okay, so uh, here's who it is. Here's the saddest end. <laughs> I'll start it off with a not super sad one, knowing that we will build upon it. So okay, yeah, yep. don't get me wrong. I know this isn't the saddest, but I'm I'm pushing the snowball down the hill. Here we go. <laughs> so Clive Owen gets in the car. Everybody high fives and makes out, you know, whatever. <laughs> and uh, and then they start driving, and they're driving across country. You know, they're really going for it, and they're gonna switch off drivers. Uh, and the old guy, it's his turn to drive. And so they, they pull in a rest stop. They all switch. He gets in the driver's seat, starts driving. And then one of their taillights is out or something. There's a really tense scene. And, uh, and you know, the cop is like, hey, did you know your taillight's out? He gets pulled over. Taillight's out. And then he's like, give me your license. And guess what? The license is expired. And the guy gets a ticket that he can't pay. And they take him to jail, and he rots in jail, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> All right. Uh, I had to think of a way to work in an old person with a driver's license. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, and, it made, and you did a you did a fine job here. <laughs> Let me add to that. Yeah, yeah. Because I could think of a way to make that a little bit sadder, I which don't is know. 
the one old man who swore he stole a nickel that one time oh, from yeah. his grandma, and that's his whole history of <laughs> theft. Um, that's the old man in question, I think, is probably the best candidate Ooh. for an old person who can't get the driver's yeah, license. Yeah, yeah, who wants in to this, so bad. <laughs> in this version of the story, Clive Owen has somehow figured out a way to frame this old man as being part of the gang <laughs> to throw off the scent of the cops. Uh-huh. And so this old man is, like, unbeknownst to him, about to be framed for a huge crime. And he's out driving around, and the police are out looking for him, but he doesn't know that. But he's like, oh no, maybe it's he insists to his wife that he's not too old to drive. He can still see just fine. And he gets into an angry argument. He leaves home. The cops are out looking for him. He sees some flashing lights, but he's his eyesight isn't good, and it's dark, and he gets confused, and he crashes into a light pole and dies, and he dies with the police believing that he committed this crime. <laughs> wow. wow. Oh, my God. Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. As an ending to this movie, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but well, yeah. as an ending to that character's movie... <laughs> Yeah. No, I love it as an ending to this movie. <laughs> like, he was the inside man, and the whole time we were wrong, but, you know, the audience knows that, but none of the characters do. Wow. <laughs> wow. What about... What about... What about... If the scene where Clive Owen, or Dalton Russell, if I may, is sitting on that stack of money, that fat stack, and he's talking to that kid... And that kid's playing oh, a PSP. God. That's that fucking game. And that kid's <laughs> playing that game, and he's like, hey, you get lots of points for robbing this bank. That's awesome. I love people who rob banks. And Dalton Russell is like, yeah, I am fucking cool. Wow. But I'm going to tell your parents about that game because, you know, video games are bad or something. I don't know. And uh, then yeah, somehow I think... This is, again, another sad ending that follows a character that is not even close to a main character as the ending to this movie. <laughs> but that, no, but I think I know where you're going with it. I think it that kid basically just interprets that interaction as, yeah, crime is awesome, and essentially engages in the GTA lifestyle that he played out in that video game to his ultimate demise. Which is pretty sad and a misinterpretation of the theoretically good idea that Dalton Russell had to rob the bank and expose a Nazi. Or, or, or the bank was a video game that he developed to get over the death of his father. Oh my god, get out of here. Because he has a new abusive surrender. father. <laughs> yeah, it's just surrendering. Oh. That is oh, that Serenity. is the saddest ending ever because of the fact that I watched the movie Serenity and had, <laughs> like I and had such a sad time. Yeah. Uh, for <laughs> listeners who are wondering, we're not talking about the film Serenity based on the show Firefly that we have covered on this podcast. We are talking about the 2019 Matthew McConaughey and Hathaway Serenity, which is nigh unwatchable. Yeah, sorry, we did kind of ruin it for you just now, but it's already. Kind of oh, the, the the twist <laughs> is the only interesting part of that movie, really, yep. and it's the craziest, dumbest twist it could yep. possibly be. Yeah. yeah. Whatever so the exact <laughs> opposite of clutching your chest with joy and going, <gasps> like to see an old okay. friend, or when a new a character shows up in a TV show that you thought was dead, it's like whatever the opposite of that is. That's what I had when the twist of that movie occurred. <laughs> <laughs> Just took a dump. I, I think maybe it's just poop. <laughs> it's just like, I just shit right there. Just defecated. Just I, mean, I don't know, man. I just shit. I just shit. Okay. Just evacuate my bowels just immediately. I didn't even think about yeah, it. Yeah, they got out of there. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. I evacuated my bowels. Does that mean, like, I just realized the word evacuated could mean two things. Uh-oh. Whoa. <gasps> I can evacuate a building by running out of it, but someone can evacuate a building by telling everyone to run out of it. <gasps> what the yeah. fuck? Uh-huh. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Alright, well, that this has been David realizes the meaning of words. Alright, now we are back. <laughs> Let's evacuate from that bit. <laughs> ha. Ha. Um, ha. Oh. 
another sad ending uh, that is all too realistic is the racist beat cop gets uh, Denzel's promotion at the end. Oh my god! Oh yeah. fuck! Yep, that's it. That's wow. A really sad one. Yeah, basically, like the powerful white people are in league and they're just like leading on the black detective that to be like, hey, no, just do this stuff for you and we'll get you your promotion, yeah. no problem. And then they just don't. They just decide not or, to give it to that guy instead. Or like as soon as they see that uh, the whole thing was they're trying to expose this like powerful Nazi dude and they decide to like just frame Frazier for it. Oh shit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, or, you know, that would be a good sad ending actually. Like in a way, and I could actually see if Spike Lee was more like the whole brains behind this movie. I think it yeah. could have been that kind of ending. Yeah, I think that would have been a better like I in mean, terms of saying something. He could he could have just ended the movie exactly the way he ended Black Klansman with just a bunch of clips of stuff that's happened since Trump got elected. Yeah. And just like, this is the saddest ending to every movie now. Right. That's, yeah. The end result of whatever you just watched was this right now. Yep. Uh, yeah, is that there is a sadder the ending than that? Is there a sadder no. ending than that? See, here's the other the reality thing. Reality now. Uh, remember, remember, <laughs> we gotta we gotta focus, we gotta laser on what's sad. Not what's sure, depressing sure. or alarming or scary or ultimately okay. deflating, but viscerally sad. The old man driving into the tree being framed, that's the vibe <laughs> I'm looking for. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, I got one. I that's got one, a, I got one. You know that new sad vibe you've been looking for? Well, <laughs> listen to this. I thought to piggyback on one yeah. that has already been brought up. The little boy. The little boy. Uh, when they, oh they, they're sitting downstairs, they're, they're, he's playing the video game. Clive Owen, instead of discouraging him from a life of crime and being disgusted by the video game he's playing or whatever, like to make the kid feel cool kind of makes him think he's part of the gang. That like, oh, you think crime is cool? You could do this crime with us and get away with a bunch of money or whatever. And like, it's just sort of like humoring him because he thinks that that's how kids are. Like, he thinks he's the kid is super dumb or whatever. The kid then like becomes convinced that he's part of the whole plan and like starts following Clive Owen around, starts doing what he says to do. And then at the end of the movie, when everybody's rushing out the front door, uh, the kid. I don't know, like, gets in, like, tries to stay behind with Clive Owen, but Clive Owen, like, is gonna be hiding, he doesn't want the kid to give him away, so he, like, shoes him, and maybe, like, or maybe he kills him, maybe, like, that's a sad ending, maybe he kills the kid, because it's like, you're gonna give me away. Or the, like an accidental kind of thing. I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Okay, no. Here we go. Here's an accidental kind of thing, and it involves one of our favorite tropes in sad endings, which is accidentally driving over people. <laughs> um, so, kid makes a separate hideout in the basement to mm-hmm. to be as cool as his new dad, Clive. Uh, and so, when Clive leaves, the kid hears him leave, and he's like, "All right, now's my chance." And he like sneaks out behind him, and is gonna get in that car. But then, right as he's crossing in front of the car, they drive away, <laughs> and they drive over the kid, and they kill him, and they don't even know. <laughs> Or do we just combine both of them? The, yeah. All of that happens, yeah. but instead of Clive Owen and then running over the kid, it's the old it's man. The old man. <laughs> God damn it! No. And then, but he does notice. He does notice. If it's the old yeah. man, he has to notice because then yeah, it's and even that's more when he sad. swerves and, and crashes because he like hits the kid and he freaks out. He oh. crashes and he dies. Oh my God! That is pretty sad. That is pretty sad. Wow. It's pretty sad. Wow. Man. Any anyone got anything sadder than that to top it right now? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> oh my god, you guys! We did uh, we did the context for this movie. We did. It's been a while. Feels yeah. you know feels good to shake some of the dust off. Get back into the get back into the flow a bit. <coughs> the dust. Cough, cough the dust, um, <laughs> and cock off the dust to you. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, this has been a great deal of fun to be back to this i'm excited for us to continue the show and bring you some more sweet sweet can't uh in this grim time mm. uh so there's only one real thing left to do on the show uh and that's you know asking this question that i always ask 
to listeners who haven't listened before, I always ask this question, so just be prepared that that's what's about to happen is I'm going to ask this question, which is um, this question here, which is, David, my question for you, David, is, David, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Why, yes. <laughs> yeah, I am, uh, I'm on a couple other podcasts. Uh, Hypotheticast is one. The Fable Forge is another. Hypotheticast is back up. Uh, we've got a, we got the generator running again, uh, and we're doing apps, nice. which is pretty fun. Uh, it's, we're recording remotely, of course, uh, but uh, we, are, we are doing it. We are making it happen. Fable Forge is not currently going, but we're working on season three. And so get in there when you can. I've also been in the interim in this uh, COVID and uprising related break that we have had. Uh, I've been working with an organization called uh, Twin Cities Mutual Aid Project, which is just a way for uh, sites and humans that have skills or supplies to connect with the people that need them, not in a charity way, but in an actual help sort of way. And if you're curious about getting involved with that or you need aid or you'd like to provide it, go to tcmap.org and you can read all about it there. It's pretty good, we think. <laughs> Absolutely. So I mean, awesome. I'm really proud of you, man. That so It's so cool. great. And I mean, uh, listeners should know that uh, we are in Minneapolis and obviously uh, the events of the past couple months have been trying to say the least and um we we stand with our city we want we want our city to get better we stand with the protesters we want their voices to be heard and david has really stepped up and uh i'm just so proud of you man for for standing up for the community and and helping folks out um so anyone who wants to help with that or needs some assistance in our area uh, that uh, address again you said was tcmap.org correct map map it's uh it's a very convenient acronym because we are the twin cities mutual aid project but also our main project is a map of all of the things so tc map is what we're nice. called nice that's fantastic oh that's great well um bond do you have anything you would like to plug uh i am at m bon bon on twitter still doing Unfortunately, political retweets. Uh, working in some puppy retweets still, so that's nice. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think um, the thing I want to bring as a kind of like a parting gift pop culture thing mm. um, is going to be an overlap with Christian, so I'm going to invite him to talk about this with me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is a long time coming, but I finally got into Steven Universe Same. Uh, over the last month and finished Steven Universe, except for the movie and that final season they did after the movie. But uh, <laughs> um, but man, that show is just spectacular. David, have you ever watched it? Oh yes, I've watched the first two or three seasons, and I've been actually yeah. meaning to get like restart because it's done. Do like it. they finished it, and then there's a movie and shit. And yeah, I gotta I gotta get back in there. Yeah, it's on yeah. HBO Max. So yeah, if you oh, saw my login, yes. or if for you some, don't, I'll send it again. For but, some uh, dumb reason, the first four seasons are on Hulu, but the fifth season's only on HBO Max, <laughs> but, cool. which is just baffling to me. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm about halfway through the fifth season now, and yeah, it's just an incredible show. It's so heartwarming, um, funny, uh, ridiculous, colorful. There's so many great characters. Messages uh, of inclusive. Uh, yes, inclusiveness it's and like super it's just. Inclusive and, and it's it has beautiful. a lot of really it's great really um, symbolism and a lot of messages about uh, human relationships and human interactions that I think are really valuable to kids and adults. Yeah. Uh, it's a show that I think uh, everybody should yeah. give a try. It's, it's decidedly pro-trans, which we need more of right now. Yes, we have a absolutely. Lot of people yes. with too much power uh, saying too much shit right now. So yeah. yeah, It was also the first uh, Cartoon Network series to ever be helmed by a female showrunner. Which is wild. Because it took to like, Jesus what, Christ. 20... 14 whenever that show started yeah for that to happen it's it's insane um but yeah so i agree with you steven universe would also be the thing i would plug so i will just let you have that one (laughs) 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 just kidding um but anyway christian do you have anything to plug uh let's see do i have anything outside of the show right now i'm still making my spotify playlists i update them frequently i'm uh my uh best of 2020 i believe has crossed 50 tracks um 
So I'm I'm so far behind though. There's so much stuff to catch up on. It's honestly kind of intimidating. But uh, yeah, look me up uh, on Spotify under my name Christian Hagen or my old username Audio Suede A U D I O S U E D E. Guys, thank you again so much for doing this. I'm so glad we're back. Uh, I cannot wait to move forward and cover just a bunch of new movies with my buds. Yes. Um, in the meantime, uh, I mean, I guess there's only one thing left, which is, uh, David, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave us with? Your debt stands on top of the museum! Thank you for listening to Contextual Deviants. You can find more information about us online at our website, contextualdeviants.wordpress.com. You can tweet at us at taxdeviants. You can email us at contextualdeviants at gmail.com. Thanks to Minneapolis's own The Badman for the use of their song Gun Tonic off the album Ain't Clean. This has been Contextual Deviants. My name is Christian Hagen, and have a nice day. Have a nice day!